Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the WPB Health Consulting Podcast. My name is Austin. I'll be your host today. If you haven't discovered the WPB Health Consulting Podcast before, what we do is bring clarity to coaching. On our podcast, we bring in coaches from all walks of life. These individuals specialize in performance and behavioral habits to help change your life or your client's life. Now, if you're interested in our coaching service or getting to know these coaches, please reach out and contact us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast featuring Corey Van Wyk. First, I'm going to describe to you guys what the art of coaching is um, and their program. Now, I'm 100% invested in this program along with what they do. So let me tell you a little bit more about it. The Art of Coaching is a leadership education company that focuses on helping leaders in any field. Let me emphasize that any field enhance their ability to communicate, connect, and build lasting buy-in with those who serve. They offer a wide range of education materials and experiences such as free downloads, online courses, live workshops, small group, and individual mentoring. And last but not least, the best-selling book, Conscious Coaching. If you're thinking throughout this podcast, hey, how can I work on the concepts Corey is talking about regarding behavioral economics? That is why the Art of Coaching website is here. What you guys can do um, is really get signed up with this program. The apprenticeship program is a highly interactive two-day experience that helps today's coaches, leaders, and educators become more skilled and adaptable communicators. I believe in this program along with everything we're going to talk about here today, and I'm so excited to let you know how we bring clarity to coaching. Hey guys, let me tell you a little bit more about Corey Van Wyk before we get started. Corey is a performance coach, speaker, and former professor of kinesiology. At the collegiate level, he has served as the head strength coach for a variety of sports, including football, wrestling, soccer, cheer, and dance. As a professor, he's taught classes in sports nutrition, motor learning, strength and conditioning, personal training, and anatomy. He is currently the community manager for The Art of Coaching, where he engages, supports, and encourages the Art of Coaching community, both online and in person. Corey and I are going to talk about behavioral economics on how to produce better outcomes with better communication strategies here today. We're going to focus on how we bring clarity to coaching and improve your overall performance. So if you guys have any questions, um, comments, anything you guys want to talk about here today, let's hear it because we are excited to talk about how we bring clarity to coach. All right, everyone, welcome to the WPB Health Consulting Podcast. My name is Austin. As always, I will be your host today. We have a very, very special guest here today. Um, his name is Corey Van Wyk. He is awesome. He is the online community manager for The Art of Coaching. Um, the man has significant coaching experience, but also has been able to really bring clarity to coaching in what he does. So without further ado, I'm going to have Corey introduce himself here today and tell us a little bit more about how we can bring clarity to coaching. So Corey. Oh, thanks for having me on Austin. I really appreciate the, uh, the, uh, the invite and, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand. It's always great to meet a fellow Central College alum and, and connect that way. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, as you said, I'm currently the online community manager for Art of Coaching, which is a company that some of your listeners might know, our founder, Brett Bartholomew. Uh, he started, and I'm really one of his first employees. Like, right now we're working four employees total. <laughs> um, and if you're kind of wondering yourself, what the heck is an online community manager, I'll, I'll go ahead and just tell you more about my role. Um, so we have a number of online areas and spaces where we try to interact with really anybody who wants to know more about communication, leadership, and coaching. So we have some private Facebook groups, like we've got a private Facebook group for the podcast. We have a private Facebook group for anyone who has taken a course, um, attended an apprenticeship, which is our two-day live, live workshop. Um, and, and that's where they can like go and we interact with and together to 
talk more about coaching, communication, help people uh, solve issues they're having or, or hurdles they're dealing with. Um, and we also have online training through Train Heroic. So like there's just multiple online areas that need somebody in there every single day interacting and engaging and that's what I do. Okay, that's, that's my day to day. I spend time in those spaces. Um, and then I also, you know, if you're early in a company, just like anyone who might be running a strength and conditioning program with by themselves, you, you do everything. So then I still do, uh, you know, anything from answering emails to helping out that, like in that area, help out with, um, you know, right now we're working on a number of kind of, uh, you know, free resources that we're gonna release soon. Those all need web pages and uh, copy to go on those web pages. So I'm helping out there, um, help out with just new content creation, maybe for future courses. So still have my my foot in a lot of different areas and help out, but that's kind of the core of what I do. Listeners your why and your journey with that. So let's, let's kind of go into that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think what's good to mention before I dive in is that like coaching and leadership are so synonymous. Like we think about coaching as I'm a sports coach. So I need to know like the X's and O's of whatever sport I'm coaching or I'm a strength and conditioning coach. So my, I need to know the X's and O's of training, but just as coaches can learn from other sectors such as business or learn leadership lessons from like Navy SEALs, like all leaders can learn from coaches or educators. So that kind of frames, I guess, where I'll start with regards to my coaching journey. And that led me to strength and conditioning and, and you know, now to where I'm at. But really, really from a coaching standpoint where I, got just the fire inside to become a coach started when the fact that the fact that my high school football coach changed my life just like there's there's that's not like being i'm not overstating that I, you know he literally changed my almost my i guess my personality at the time and he set me on the path that it was so clear in that moment when I basically kind of turned my life around and you know it wasn't anything major you know Brett will talk about in his book if you've read Conscious Coaching like he was hospitalized for a full year um, dealing with some um, disordered eating uh, issues there and whatnot as you can hear about his journey mine was not that drastic but still I was someone who was a very angry person I was very um not I was not someone people could relate to in any way I, I kind of pushed people away a lot and then I started our school high school started football and I had this guy in my life now that cared a lot about developing young men and for the first time in my life it was someone who cared about being really really good at something being in a time being football and I just really identified with that and so he made us all read the book, uh, Make the Big Time Where You Are by Frosty Westring, a book that a lot of people will probably be familiar with. And that was just the start of the process from turning me into like someone who was very like just angry all the time, not enjoyable to be around. Um, to someone who here on the team, who people looked up to, and then tied in with that was weight training. Because that's where I really like got a foothold. Because the great thing about strength and conditioning, what drew me to it, was the fact that you control everything that you get. Like you, you are in charge of the results you get at the end of the day. Like no one can do it for you. If you don't get them, you can't be like, well, so and so didn't didn't make me stronger or didn't get the results that I wanted. You have to do it yourself and you control it. Like that no one else can can do it for you. And so like those things together from a coach who showed me like a different way to carry myself and hold myself and to think about myself and relate to others to this space that um, 
despite like whatever I was given physically or genetically, I could still impact and control completely. And that got me into strength and conditioning. I become a leader in the weight room. I'm starting to coach uh, other students at the, at the at our high school because they're like, oh, hey, this Corey guy, he's totally changed himself physically and mentally and emotionally. Maybe I want to do that too. And I want to learn from him. So that's where I started coaching where I got my learning and the whys is born out of that and the fact that like all coaches and I would say I'm I'm in with this this is this is in line with what I want to do they they have the power to change your life change people's lives and you've probably seen that through the coaching that you've done and and some of the weight loss coaching that you've done and particularly they coaches help people get over the hurdles that are holding them back whatever that may be and that's my why like i had i had whatever hurdles you know back in the day that were holding me back and i had someone help me get through them or, or get through a barrier and that's that's what i want to do for other people because ultimately it improves your life yes if a coach can help you do that but it improves everyone else in your life their lives as well and and, and in their circle and i think we'll probably talk about communication and that highlights the importance of communication. If you become a better communicator, there's no aspect of your life that will not improve. And there's no aspect of other people's lives that won't improve. Um, because your ability to change someone's life effectively in, in, in that way depends on your skill as a communicator. Um, so I guess that's that's my start and I'll, I'll, as far as being a coach. And then Specifically strength and conditioning, I, I go into Central College where they had a, I think, you know, Springfield College might have been the first ever to have a full-time D3 strength coach, but Central had, like was super early in the process of getting a full-time strength and conditioning coach, 100% dedicated to the training of athletes. And luckily I got in on the very close to the ground floor of that. And, you know, my mentor at the time, Jake Anderson, very similar impact on me as, as my high school football coach, literally changed my life, changed the course of my life for the better. And I fell in love with it. Um, you know, that that led me down this path of other areas that are in similar to strength conditioning. So through that, I got super interested in nutrition. So I went on to get my master's in nutrition at the University of Nebraska, um, did, did some different experiences there because I was on the sports nutrition staff working with the athletes, but then I was also a teaching assistant for the nutrition department. So in my two years, I got like on the floor experience, you know, still did the grunt work, still made protein shake after protein shake after protein shake uh, in that space. But then I also taught like 400 level nutrition classes. And those like two things together, um, kind of shuttled me down this path of combo academia, combo coaching. And that ended up really being what I did at Northwestern College for six years. I was a professor of kinesiology, teaching nutrition, strength and conditioning, motor learning, anatomy, personal training. And then I was also a strength and conditioning coach for six of our athletic teams. Uh, as my role, it wasn't like strength and conditioning is like your kind of like volunteer gig. It was literally my role. Yeah. And um, yeah, and now that brings us to like this point. So like you said, kind of, you know, I've, I have some different experiences that have influenced me and um, I'm very thankful for them. But that's kind of where like my coaching journey and uh, kind of was what me brought, brought, to, brought me to where I am today. it in your role because like you said there's a lot of um the small things the small details that add up and so especially in the background of things that lead to successful opportunities like you said and you know with your journey as an athlete and now into strength strength conditioning and now you know seeing like a leadership position it's amazing so thank you for sharing that you bet man
you know, mm-hmm. I understand that, especially your journey, like we talked about, and the art of coaching has been um, kind of an understudy role that's led into this position. Um, but you yeah. can tell our audience members specifically about how you were able to get in contact with Brett and kind of mm-hmm. your journey with that, because yeah, you're such an influential mm-hmm. person in strength conditioning. So let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, it's a great question. And more than so listeners more than this being my path this will include probably my biggest networking tips so if you're a young coach listening to this um my path to where i'm at today specifically with brett like in my opinion i i gained this opportunity based on the networking like tactics that i used and so we, we might get into it a little bit later about like what, what like advice for young coaches and I'm still a young coach. So I don't think I'm not in that camp anymore. Um, so here's how, here's how this started, man. Like I said, I was a professor and what was super influential for me at Central was the fact that I could go from the classroom to the weight room and things I was learning in XFIS, I would see play out on the weight room floor and I would get a, a, a practitioner's viewpoint of how to implement the principles I was learning in exercise physiology okay and so I wanted to bring that to my classroom as much as possible like in the classroom I needed to get these the, the, the application principles in there so what that led me to do a lot was I would take um, you know presentations or uh, I would actually a lot of times I would have other practitioners like Brett zoom with my classes like or like Wendy Earlbeck who you had on on this show previously she spoke to my nutrition my sports nutrition class they would zoom in so I do that a lot but anytime I did that if I showed a presentation I would always follow up with that person I would shoot them a message if I couldn't find their email it was Facebook or Twitter or wherever I could find them and I know like back in the day that was like, you know, not maybe the way to communicate, but if you do it respectfully and you do it professionally, I think it's fine. And that's exactly what happened on Facebook. So I can't, uh, you know, remember the exact thing that I showed in my class, but I would always follow up with them, tell them that like what I did, like, hey, I'm a professor. I showed this in, your, in my class. And I would tell them two to three things very specifically that I appreciated about that piece of content. Like not, don't just tell them like, Hey, it was really good. Thanks, man. Tell them specifically, like I wanted my students to get this and this is what you did. And I would always then follow that up with, if you, if you ever are willing to connect, uh, you know, I'd love to. And then I would, always, I would always this, and this didn't always like follow through, but I would always tell them. that I'd be willing to compensate them for their time if they wanted to connect further, like like hop on a phone call, hop on a Zoom call, whatever. And I always make it very clear that um, I value their time enough that if they if they needed me to compensate them in whatever fashion, doesn't always have to be money. It could be, I'll share a resource that you have uh, on my social media pages. Always just like make sure that you are extending a, a, like, like a reciprocal offer for them. Mm-hmm. And, very few people would look at that and not like respond in some way. Like very few people would look at that and be like, well, this guy doesn't clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not going to respond right. because it shows that you cared enough to do at least some base level of research and you value that. Okay. So yeah. So eventually, you know, he did respond to me and what my offer of like connecting but then also compensating him for, for his time, like that came to fruition. And we had a number of, of Zoom calls, you know, initially it was just, hey, tell me about yourself. You know, what things are you dealing with right now? How can I help? And yeah, I, I paid him for his time. But eventually that developed a strong relationship, okay, that, that over time, and the fact that I was continually willing to show him that I was gonna put skin in the game and not just like try to get everything for free, right. that meant a lot to him. That meant a lot to him. And then we kept in contact over the years. And another way that I tried to show that that I was involved and I was I meant business was like, if he put something out, 
I, I, I bought it or I tried to participate it in whatever way that I could. So it could be, you know, if he like one year he spoke in Omaha, which is just two hours down the road from Orange City where I'm at, I made sure I went to that. Okay, and then he did like, an, like a, a plyometric practical. You know I'm, I'm gonna be someone who's a demo guy. Like I'm not gonna just sit on the sidelines. And just like these little things over time. And again, this is a bigger networking, you know, a bigger networking lesson here for anyone who's listening. Show them that like you are willing to like help them out on their journey as much as possible as well. And I did that by tangibly supporting him by if he put out bought in his first online course, I'm buying it. If he puts out valued his second online course, I'm buying it. Like that, that's me supporting him because this puts food on his table. Like me supporting him in that way puts food on his table. And so over time, like that relationship just gets fostered. We become closer and he's, he's needing to scale his business. And um, who do you think you're going to turn to if you need help? You're going to turn to the people who supported you. In a, in a very real tangible way and have shown that they're willing to put skin in the game um so that's kind of where that develops and like this is not a i would say to be start start to finish of hey like talking about this to it becoming like real it was about two years Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying today's podcast with Coach Corey Van White. In the rest of the podcast, we're going to discuss behavioral economics. So let me define it for you. Behavioral economics is the study of psychology as it relates to the economic decision-making process of individuals and institutions. There are two very important questions that are often used in this specific study. Are assumptions of utility or profit maximization good approximations of real people's behavior. Essentially, are we getting enough data to make better decision-making? And second, do individuals maximize subjective expected utility? With the data provided, do they maximize their opportunities for success? And so what we're going to talk about is communication strategies and how that may relate to your overall behavior. Lastly, how you can improve your lifestyle change. And finally, how we bring clarity to coaching. of exercise science, uh, I think specifically, and let's say you want to be a coach, you know, where are some things you've learned along the way that have helped you to, you know, learn from the m- mistakes that you have and move forward? Right. Yeah. So I think the main, the big one that comes to mind as a failure, particularly as it comes to being a coach was honestly in the first year at Northwestern, like my first year being a full-time strength and conditioning coach. And to give a little more context, I got the Northwestern job, and this would be like another failure, I think of mine, but it's, it's I guess, a little bit more career-oriented. Uh, I was coming off leaving my, starting my doctorate at Iowa State University. So after Nebraska, started my doctorate, I spent a year and a half working on my doctorate, and it was miserable, and I was I was miserable. And there's a lesson in there about knowing what you want to do, <laughs> but that led me to be leaving. So I was looking like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do for a job? I just got married. What are we going to do? Yeah. And I, I heard about the Northwestern job and by the grace of God, it was almost a perfect fit at the time. But I'm coming into a role, never having taught a class on my own. Yeah. I lectured and stuff at Nebraska, but never taught having taught a class. And when you are, you know, in nutrition, that's an adjacent field to strength and conditioning, but it's not strength and conditioning. Like I was no longer on the floor at Nebraska, coaching athletes. I was at Iowa State, I was in a lab, like a, think think about like a CSI type TV lab that you think like other than the, like the blue lights and no, no lights, that's what it was. I became like this biochemist. So I was not coaching on the floor for a solid three and a half years. And now all of a sudden I have six teams, including football. Boom. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> yeah. okay. <laughs> and, 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 the, and they're like, hey, here's four classes. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, I was just trying to like keep my head above water. 
and I was getting a lot of messages from like other people and advice of like how I should be as a coach. And this gets at like later if we talk about communication and finding your style, coaches in, in really of all levels, not just strength and conditioning. When we coach, we either number one, coach the way our mentors coached, or we try to try to emulate someone we think is successful. And that's exactly what I did starting out at Northwestern. Um, to put it, I guess, very simply, I was maybe a little more structured and not, I guess, not militaristic. I was perceived as being militaristic in my coaching style. And the Northwestern athletes at that time were not used to that at all. And that was strictly a difference in style between who they had previously, who was overseeing all athletics, all teams, all 20 teams by himself. And um, I come in and I, my style is just so starkly different. And again, this is a style that I thought I had to be. It wasn't maybe a completely myself, but it's, not, it's how I thought I had to be. And so they're come, they are all of a sudden getting a coach who's like expecting things from them they're not used to. And communication tip number one, I didn't make it clear what I expected. I just started coaching. I didn't, I had zero uh, expectation setting or clear message to my athletes. This is, this is what I expect. Here's my style. Here's what's important to me. I didn't do any of that, man. I just started. And I'm like, <laughs> why aren't they listening to me? Yeah. Why don't they do what I want? Why are they getting mad at me? And I spent almost no time, or I didn't spend enough time trying to understand what they've been doing previously and how I can graduate them or like expose them slow more, I guess in a more slow fashion to my style. I just, here, here I am. Yeah. Here I, and again, that was partly because I was getting advice like you gotta be tough on them early. You gotta, you gotta implement your way right away. Like show them, show them how, like who you are and what you're about. But I didn't tell them. So how can, of course they're going to be confused. Of course they're going to be like, why is this new guy all yeah. uptight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. So like, there's lots of mistakes in there, man. So like, I didn't, I didn't set any clear expectations. I didn't what Brett calls seek to understand enough. I didn't understand my culture that I was stepping into. I didn't understand enough the athletes I was coaching. I didn't understand enough uh, who or what the style of the coach who I'm taking over for enough. And that led to a lot of friction, sure. a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. And uh, the turning point was, I, I will never forget, one of my senior football players was in my office one day and he goes, dude, you, you have to chill out. Like, we don't feel like we can we don't feel like we can be honest with you. We don't feel like we can approach you. We don't feel like you're listening to us. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the exact opposite of what I want to be. Right. Like, like to all the stuff that I was telling you about earlier with what I wanted to be as a coach and what a coach did for me, I was doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. Whether I thought it was right or not, the athletes didn't think that I was doing that. Like they didn't think that I was there to help them. They didn't think I was there to guide them. They didn't think I was in their corner, even though in my head, I think I'm doing things to help them. There was too much of let's say, like, like an asymmetry. We, we love asymmetries if it, like in a from a physical standpoint. Oh, if you have an asymmetry here, we need to do X, Y, Z to bring that back up to, to be more symmetrical. I had a massive communication asymmetry. I thought I was being communicating in one way, they were taking it another way. And that led to athletes who did not feel like they could be open, uh, comfortable around me or ever like bring their real issues to me. And, and that was a huge wake up call for me. And that started me down the path of learning more about communication. Like that was almost like the inciting event, if you want to say. Sure. Of like, holy cow, I need to learn more about communication and how I'm coming across. And I, I had already started the behavior change stuff, but more about behavior change. What, what, um, what drives 
to like cause people to act the way that they do. Sure. And I just like that's I started to dive headfirst into it. Um, so that that was just a major mistake that I I made early in my coaching career, and um, that really again started me down the path of where I'm at today. Yeah, I mean in the current role. So impactful, and thank you for being vulnerable to be able to openly discuss that topic because that's something as uh, the learning curve or the intention behavior gap or the literature mm-hmm. underneath the motivational interviewing of seeking to understand the individual. Um, is so important within the field of coaching. And I think I want to thank you for, you know, especially being able to be open about that and talk about the process with that, because all coaches, you know, see little changes throughout their progress as a coach with communication styles. So we're going to get into that here next. You know, strength conditioning coaches from a view of, you know, their coaching style is loud Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you help um, listeners navigate, you know, the, the kind of reality within strengthening, conditioning, communication yeah. styles and how you guys navigate that in teaching, you know? In yeah, that's a, there's a lot there, man. And I know, it's a loaded question. <laughs> so I'll start by like saying something I kind of already mentioned that most coaches, and this is again, is true of all coaching, not just strength and conditioning. They, they either uh, coach the way they were coached or they emulate someone they perceive to be successful, right? It's like an Aaron Feld. So someone might look at Aaron Feld, like, hold on, something like that. She's got a sweet, you know, sweet haircut. He's jacked. He was on ESPN. So I should probably coach that way. Right. Um, here's the reality for everyone listening. And this is true of any organization, of any team, uh, even if you like read a book like Legacy, which is this, which is a hugely popular book right now, which is the story of the is is, is a coaching book on the the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team, which is their national rugby team, and, and the most successful probably the most uh, most successful sports team in the history of sports. You don't know an organization until you're in it, like you really don't. So only to ever only ever take what you see at at like a very face value and only take it and take it with a grain of salt. Like you don't ever know an organization until you're in that organization. So um, strength and conditioning. Yeah. Football is the face of strength and conditioning in America. And I think what I would encourage people who are in the strength and conditioning field to do, but anyone who's like wanting to know more is look outside of America for strength and conditioning and how how it's implemented around the world and how it's implemented with other sports because there's no doubt that when you are someone who needs to get performance and lead a group of 120 18 to 22 year old men in a very aggressive sport that lends itself to a certain communication style no doubt so like i'm not saying that that like the way that football strength and conditioning i i was a football strength conditioning coach for six years and a player before that and i played rugby so i get it like i get the the energy and sometimes the way that um they portray themselves um because yeah you on some level you got to be excited or no one else is going to get excited sure and you've got to maybe be a certain way. You might have to be that little bit, a little shade towards the militaristic end. Because I've been in scenarios where I'm one coach to 50 football players. And if I'm not that way, like they might flat out not listen to me. Um, but also you got to look at other avenues of where strength and conditioning is how it's implemented. Because around the world and in other sports, it looks very different. And there is way more fluctuation in the style and the, uh, I guess, demeanor that coaches portray than what gets out there in the media. And um, <clears throat> when you when you look in those areas, you realize how there's many many effective many more effective ways to coach than than maybe just the one way and i guess if i could talk about like what what strength coaches 
like the mistakes that they've made or that they can expand themselves is they have to learn how to um, turn up and dial back certain aspects of themselves to fit the situation. So it's like, it's like, you know, knobs or sliders on a mixing board and I'm doing things with my hands that you probably can't see, you know? DJ, but, DJ Corey. <laughs> yeah, DJ. <laughs> um, and so like to put it, to put it into like a, something to visualize, like I couldn't be the same coach with football as I would be with my women's soccer team. Now, like I was still like me in the respect in the, in, in the instance that like all of my athletes could still expect certain things from me. Like that's coach Van Wyk, like he's just that way. Um, like there, my, my, one thing my athletes would never say about me is that they didn't know what to do, that, that I was like a person today. But they would know that like I could turn up and turn down various aspects of myself from, you know, maybe more like what we would call a pressure tactic in, in, from a uh, influence tactic standpoint where you are maybe like pulling someone to like a standard if they're late like hey this is our standard or hey this is how I want something done do it this way or else that's it like a hard tactic or it could be more like an exchange tactic where um, a certain athlete is very apprehensive about a movement or they don't want to do a movement because they are injured or they feel like they're injured or whatever, you exchange that. So like a simple uh, example would be like a max squat. You know, you imagine you're in season football, it's week 10, it's 6 a.m. and you're starting center is back at Okay, he might be apprehensive about heavy back squats. But he's, you, you know, as a coach, he should still train because you gotta, you gotta promote resilience as we get towards the end of the season. Well, the exchange there would be, what, what if he split squats? Okay, you still have a still squatting pattern. You can still load it up heavy. Oh, and he's now not apprehensive about lifting, and his back might feel better because of it. That I'll make that, I'll make that switch any day of the week in a heartbeat. So that's more of a, like, I guess what you could call a softer tactic where it's, it's a, it's a exchange process. There's a listening uh, process there where I'm talking to they're telling me what they think and feel and we come to a solution. Okay. Just like we have like different ranges with like, if you think about like the force velocity curve where we've got some movements that are super heavy, slow grinding type movements, like a heavy squat. And we've got super fast explosive movements like a jump squat and everything in between where we're working on different, different aspects of strength and power. You could, you should have the same strategies and methods for communication. Sure. Okay. You should have things you can rely on that are more, like analogous to lifting super heavy. Eli, that'd be like a hard pressure tactic, like I mentioned, and you should have things on the other end of the spectrum that are more collaborative in nature. And then have things that are in between. And so I just gave two examples there between pressure and exchange. And um, if people are like wondering like, oh, what well, I don't even know about those things. And that's, I think the core message of art of coaching yeah. is that we think you should know about them. coaching without understanding that I think fundamental fundamentally yeah. is just being able to meet someone where they're at, whether it's nutritional coaching, whether it is strength conditioning coaching, leadership, um, wherever all of these sectors are very applicable. But I want to yeah, thank man, you. If I, well, yeah, if I could interject there, sure, yeah, I, think strength, I think strength conditioning has missed that boat on a lot of different areas. I, I think they've, if I, if I could say one thing that has influenced my coaching style is more knowledge of, of that area of behavior change has influenced my style more than anything. Sure. Like the more that I understood that, like the more you learn about behavior change, the more you understand that just like, again, like to make it an analogy to off the physical side of things, you do an assessment and then you base your program off of that assessment. Mm -hmm. So if someone isn't ready for back squat, you don't back squat them. You might goblet squat them. You might front squat them. Yet we don't do that with how we communicate real. We'll have this, hey, you know, Corey might be in one spot. Austin's at a different spot. How do I communicate with those two individuals differently? Like, we, it's just not an area that, I mean, I wasn't trained in it. I know, like, it just does, doesn't exist in our in our education. 
but a key aspect of behavior change, like you mentioned, is meeting someone where they're at. Sure. And it's tough. I'm not going to say it's an easy process because you do in team sport, there's still like, yeah, there's team values, there's team rules and whatnot. But if you know more about behavior change and how to recognize and influence um, things that might lead to how others act and behave, you can be more targeted in how you help that person get to where they need to be or where the team needs them. You can be more strategic about it. Strength and conditioning, um, I think by and large has missed the boat from that perspective and meeting athletes where they're at and clients where they're at um, on, on a social and psychological level. It's not really their fault. Like I said, like we aren't educated in this stuff. We just aren't. But there's also been an element of it being flat out ignored and not taken seriously. Um, so that's, I guess, again, from a, like we're talking from a macro field level. And my advice to coaches is start learning about aspects of behavior change as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think you're absolutely correct with the the big picture of seeing it from from that perspective of identifying like we and Brett talks about this a lot and I know you guys do too is you understand the fundamentals of exercise physiology you understand biomechanics you understand nutritional um, education but when it comes to the psychology and behavior change that's something that's not it, and it's because I'm not going to say it's not there because they're starting to implement it into programs like in graduate school I was luckily lucky enough to have an, a great professor Dr. Cinder Campoff who specializes with Minnesota Vikings as a sports psychologist. So she was able to really work with us and kind of teach us, hey, from a professional athlete level, this is how we have to meet people where they're at because they're elite. Um, And, you know, understanding tactics, like you said, with that. So I think that's important. But it's coming up. And I think, like you talked about, too, the the ignorance of, you know, kind of dismissing, you know, um, the ability to meet people where they're at. So I think that's something – hopefully that's becoming a little bit more evolutionary but brett does your guys program is the leader right now in that field so i think that's something that i really encourage you guys to look into but um i want to respect your time so we'll do one more question here if that's okay Corey. yeah i'm good man bro it's all good okay So is there anything else specifically you would like to provide that brings clarity to coaching? I mean, you did the whole podcast. You did a great job of that, but is there (laughs) anything else else of that nature? Um, Yeah, there's a a few things I'll add. And I guess I'll take this from the perspective of if you want to bring clarity to your coaching, like if you want to bring clarity to your coaching style, I guess there's a few, a few things that I would, would, would recommend um, I think, you know, in addition to the things I mentioned, studying human behavior as early as possible, studying behavior change, you really need to know how you come across as a coach. And going back to my mistakes, I clearly didn't understand how I was coming across. And uh, at the time of this recording, we have a fairly high profile um, strength and conditioning programming coach who who did not for years understand how he was coming across and um there's been some major ramifications because of that and uh so here's how you you can do that is first and foremost you need to be open to feedback like if coaches aren't taking it upon themselves to get feedback from those that they're leading they're gonna develop the asymmetries that I mentioned earlier. You're gonna develop a communication asymmetry. And luckily, you know, Northwestern, I I was fairly lucky in this respect because I got uh, course evals every semester. Right now, you can't can't always take those like at face value just because, you know, students, think about about the situation those are always in, those course evaluations. They're at the end of the semester, the last class period, and students just wanna get out of there. Right six years you know so that's you know 12 semesters you start to pick up things you start to pick up these are things people are saying about me or here are the disturb here here are the things i don't want to see that are becoming trends uh from a coaching strength conditioning standpoint 
Um, you, you gotta have some form of regular. Uh, it could be a survey. It could be a you know, question. Some form of regular way that you are getting feedback from those you're coaching on how you're coming across and your leadership styles. And the best way to start there is think about what you want to be as a coach. Like if somebody walked in your facility, what would you want them to say about your coaching style? Start there and then ask questions of your athletes to see if that's actually what you're doing. Right? That's awesome. So if like you, if you, if you want, like I wanted to be somebody that my athletes could come to me with their problem, with their issues mm -hmm. on the floor. Like I never wanted an athlete to feel like they cannot come to me if they're feeling injured. And so that would be like maybe a question that I ask. Do you feel coach, do you feel like you can come to coach from like if you're having pain? Sure. Boom, there you go. Yeah. So whether that's SurveyMonkey, Google Form, have it in there somewhere. And 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 don't wait for your like your your uh, administration to like do it for you. Um, and here's a, here's a, another one with that. <laughs> With the permission of your athletes and the people that you lead, make sure that you videotape yourself from time to time coaching. It's just like game studying game film for, for athletes. Uh, that will give you, again, another layer of feedback on how we're coming across. Like, does, do, does the tone of your voice, your facial expressions, your body language convey what you are trying to convey in the moment? So maybe like, if you're having troubles with an athlete or a team and you think that you're coming across one way and like they think you're coming across another, like going back to my situation, I didn't think I was coming across as being a hard ass. I thought I was just being a good coach, but they, they didn't think that. I probably, if I would have at the time videotaped myself, I probably would have seen like, holy crap, Corey, you are like not coming off not good at all right i'd have seen it way sooner mm -hmm. um or maybe you do something weird with your hands all the time or maybe you have certain filler words that you always do um we so i took my interns through this uh you know at my later years at northwestern and you you just discover like uh you might say okay every other word okay okay you know it's you know coach coach okay Stuff like that will lend itself to making you an easier person to listen to. So videotape yourself uh, in multiple different scenarios and you're getting a feedback on your communication and if you're being effective. Um, like I, not, not to be, um, like I didn't do this for like myself, like self-serving purpose of like, oh, I got I, I just like doing it, but I always listen to my podcasts. So I'll, I'll listen to myself on this for that. Um, so those are like two things that I think bring clarity to your coaching or bring clarity, clarity to coaching. Um, make sure you're doing some type of evaluation process. Okay, whether that's asking questions or um, videotaping yourself and evaluating yourself from that standpoint. Yeah, I love it. Um, I like to call it behavioral economics is what you're doing. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So that you can coin that term. <laughs> um, the biggest thing. It's all you, man. That's, that's yours. I ain't um, taking that. <laughs> the, the biggest thing I want to kind of highlight, thank you for sharing that, uh, Corey. I think you, you did a great job of really describing, you know, you know, understanding yourself is important as a coach and, and knowing, you know, you're, you're not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say this in a negative way, but you're not meant for everyone, but you can help communicate and break down barriers. Um, yeah. And that's so, a great way to put it. And so, um, meeting people where they're at, like we talked about earlier, is very difficult and something you have to learn being empathetic and learning s like small social skills with that. But um, the behavioral economics, um, going back to that term, you know, what gets me or I think Peter Drucker, he's an economic um, advisor, but he talks about what gets measured gets managed. So if you can effectively have a standard of measurement to understand, you know, your coaching style, whether like what you talked about, Google forms or understanding, you know, a survey monkey or feedback from other coaches, it's okay to have feedback. And, you know, it may take a shot at your ego, something that some, I realized early in my coaching as I took it personally, very hard. Uh, yeah. I was, I was just, I was just I too, man. mad. I was just yeah. upset. I was like, man, yeah. I'm so frustrated that I, you know, I thought I was giving this individual the best experience possible but clearly I wasn't and so yep. videotaping yourself like you said like that's how we would evaluate 
um, if videotaping yourself, understanding yourself a little bit more, but behavioral economics behind that is essentially what you're doing. So I love it. Yeah, uh, and actually, if you know, just like kind of one one more thing, listeners, Austin just hit on a really, um, kind of unknowingly hit on a really important topic for young coaches and bringing, additionally bringing clarity, like look to other areas outside of exercise science and strange like <laughs> so you know he took something that you wouldn't really think has a link and he found one and he drew one and i would say the same for and this is an area i'm currently like really challenging myself and i need to grow is like the area of business right so economics um business other areas outside of just exercise science or programming or strength conditioning it's like it's it's like uh, getting major um, athletes exist from all different sports, and you're not really specializing. It's the same concept, only for your communication. And uh, so, Austin, great job there. I just thanks. want to highlight that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, if we start that trending on Twitter, that would, that'd be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> um, but last thing here, um, Corey, we want to. Thank you for being on the podcast here today. It was an absolute pleasure. And uh, it's also great to talk to a former uh, alumnus of Central College. So, Absolutely. Um, that's pretty sweet. But last thing here, guys, if you want to contact Corey um, or The Art of Coaching, I will make sure I provide all the information um, to his contact in the description of the podcast, also on my social media. So take a look at that. Also, feel free to read. This is an open invitation for you to reach out to me um, if you'd like to contact um, him. Brett Bartholomew, he can probably relay a message to him, but also um, understand a little bit more about what we do and what they do. So if you guys have any questions, let us know. But Corey, thank you so much for being on the podcast here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm so glad you were able to take away some key behavioral economic topics to use in your everyday lifestyle. This is free content that we want to make sure that you have clarity with. So if you have any questions, comments, or value, please give us um, a like, share, or any other information so we can provide better clarity to coaching. Now, with one last plug here, I want to make sure that we can help you elevate your game with our coaching services. We'll sit down with you in a one-on-one free consultation to discuss what are some deficiencies in your lifestyle, whether it's communication strategies, nutritional strategies, overall physical performance strategies. We want to make sure we're there for you. We'll meet you where you're at to make sure that you elevate your game to the best you can be. In addition, please check out The Art of Coaching along with Corey's information in the description below. If you have any questions, please reach out and contact us and have a great rest of your day. We can't thank you enough.